HVAC 360, episode number six, Smart Chillers. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of HVAC 360. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. This week, we're going to listen to an interview I did at the 2010 HR Expo in Lower Orlando, Florida, with Jeremy Olette of Smart Chillers. That was a, a great chance to actually go there and see and touch and feel a, uh, a Smart Chiller. If you have never seen a Smart Chiller or a Turbo Core compressor, uh, that was really a, a great opportunity to get up and close and personal and actually get to see one of those uh, in cutaway and actually in operation, as uh, as we'll kind of find out in this interview. So uh, without any more details, we're going to uh, step it up and uh, let's go back down to the HR Expo floor. <laughs> All right, we're here with uh, Jeremy Olette from uh, Smart Inc. Uh, talking about the uh, Smart Chiller and the uh, Triple Core Compressor, which is a, a, a basic component of that of that chiller. So, Jeremy, can you explain a little bit about uh, you know the theory behind what uh, the Triple Core Compressor is and what it does and how it operates? Sure. The compressor is basically a uh, it's basically a standard centrifugal, smaller and without without oil and magnetic bearings. What the magnetic bearings allow is um, they allow for no wear over time on the bearings and they allow the compressor to uh, um, to use very little very little energy um, in the bearings uh, as far as uh, for, for use over time. Um, the compressor spins at 10 times the speed as a large compressor and is able to uh, achieve sound levels that are uh, basically lower than even a, a, a standard water pump in, in the plant room. Right now, the compressor is running beside us, and we're still able to talk and carry on a normal conversation. Right, and we're actually we'd be able to touch the compressor if we reach our hands. Mm. Uh, we're that close. So, as far as maintenance goes, is a very low maintenance item. It's extremely low maintenance. Um, the only scheduled uh, change-out change maintenance on the compressors is actually the uh, capacitors. And uh, every 10 years, the capacitors need to be changed. And it's usually 1% to 2% of the total chiller cost for the scheduled maintenance, as opposed to a partial or full teardown on a standard centrifugal or screw chiller. It could be as much as 50% of the cost of the chiller. Now, what kind of capacities are we looking at, the, the increments that were... Uh Know, are available on the uh, chillers. Sure. Well, S Smart's full range of chillers uses um, from one compressor up to six compressors on a single barrel. So we're, we're able to make chillers as small as 60 tons and as large as 1,000 tons. Okay. Now I see we have uh, we have two different varieties. You can have the uh, water-cooled in in indoor chiller, and you can also have an air-cooled uh, outdoor chiller. That's right. The air-cooled chillers is a bit more unique. We're the only we're the only company in North America that that manufactures an air-cooled chiller uh, with the turbo core compressor. Um, the range of the air-cooled chillers for us is 60 tons to 
250 tons. We actually couple the, the variable speed compressor with variable speed fans to allow uh, seamless modulation uh, over its use during the day. And that's all internally controlled? Absolutely, it's all internally controlled. Um, and, and actually, um, what, ends up, what ends up happening is the sound level on an air-cooled chiller is, is for us, is uh, uh, mostly linked to the fan sound level. The compressors are so quiet that in an outdoor environment they're, they're essentially uh, uh, noiseless. But the fans, because they're variable speed, um, the, the perceived sound without fan staging, they're just uh, slowly unloading, is, is much lower. So if you're in a residential area, say a school, uh, in the evenings the fans are 95% uh, of the time running at 50% or lower and varying its, their speed slowly, that it's uh, almost impossible for the ear to pick up. So when, when somebody uh, starts designing for a, 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 a turbo core compressor chiller type, smart chiller, what, what are some of the things that they have to keep in mind? What are some of the important um, design well, points? Well, there's a, f there's, there's a few. Um, it, it's not, it's not, it doesn't solve 100% application. Um, uh, if um, low, low, um, low, low chill water to, to make ice is, is at the edge of the operating bounds, it's possible and we, and we have done it. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's important to get the right flow rates and the right temperatures, or, or else you'll be outside the bounds of the centrifugal. Um, also, because it's a centrifugal compressor, it speeds up and slows down at a, at a certain rate, and that rate is 10% per minute. So it's important to have enough water in the system uh, to, to allow the chiller to ramp up and ramp down. And that's not different from any other centrifugal, but it's important to keep in mind. Okay. Now, as far as... Uh, uh, in the past, some of the, some of the problems that I've heard happening um, with the turbo core compressor was that it's very um, susceptible to um, you know vibration or seismic shock. Like if it was uh, not on grade, there might be some issues. I know that they they resolve that right now, and, and it's pretty much the the installation base is rather smooth. Yeah, the, I mean the the compressors themselves are are are, are extremely intelligent and. If there's any sort of external vibration, the compressors will pick it up and they'll turn themselves off in order to protect themselves. And then when the vibration would stop, the, chiller, the compressor would sense that and would start back up. We actually we do not require isolation springs on the chillers. They can be placed strictly uh, on neoprene, isolation, uh, neoprene pads um, because they don't put vibrations into the building. And typically, vibrations from the building don't hurt the chiller. Excellent. Now... Do you think there's anything else that we haven't uh, we haven't covered here? Um, yeah, smart uh, smart manufacturers in uh, in Montreal, Canada. Um, we have a second factory opening in in New York. Um, uh, over sixty percent of all of our components actually come from the United States. The compressors, all of the copper, and the and the uh, uh, the shells for the heat exchangers. Um, this actually makes each chiller more than 60% component U.S. made. Um, so we actually do, even though we're a Canadian company, we, uh, we will have a manufacturing uh, facility in the United States to meet the Buy America. Meet Buy America. So the uh, refrigerant that it uses, what, what, what refrigerant does it use? We exclusively use 134A. Uh, 134A is, uh, currently does not have a phase-out schedule. Um, so it's... It, 
it's a it's a, a, a lead friendly refrigerant, and we're, we're happy to use it in all the chillers. Now, what I guess what are some of the things that are up and coming for uh, for the smart chillers in the in the future? Uh, a, f- a few things that are up and coming. Uh, on, on the stand today, we have a uh, we have a new um, TT350 compressor. It's a 110 ton air cooled uh, compressor. It's a, it's a larger compressor that's that's just been unrolled. We're the only company that's uh, we're the only TurboCore customer that's actually using the compressor because we're the only company that has a air cooled chiller that that's, that can use the compressor. Also, uh, across from it, we have a water-cooled chiller that is seismically certified for hospitals in California that, the, as of 2010, all the hospitals uh, require equipment to be seismically, seismically certified, so we're, we're, we're happy to supply them with that sort of equipment. Um, and, and that's, short-term, that's, that's what's coming up. Okay. So now, when we talk about cost, what, what are we talking about, you know, ton for ton, for uh, something that's a, a comparable size chiller, what 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 sort of uh, percentage are we talking about a, a premium sure. in dealing with a smart well, chiller? We uh, our our philosophy uh, is is strictly uh, our philosophy for chillers is oil free centrifugal uh, compressors. The whole range is built around the compressor. Um, because of that, our design philosophies at 60 ton and 900 tons or 1,000 tons are the same. But competing chillers have different competing models in that whole range so the smaller uh smaller chillers are typically screw compressors or scroll compressors that that are are a bit cheaper we're typically uh uh, more expensive by say 30 percent but in that range we're also 30 to 40 percent more efficient so if it's so if the chiller is going to have extremely low run hours, it's it's going to be a difficult uh, difficult for the owner to, to justify the cost. However, any if it's uh, if it's if it has any sort of run hours over fifteen hundred, then it's it makes financial sense. The larger chillers, we are typically between ten and twenty percent more expensive, but we but in the larger chillers we. We will have more than uh, more compressors, which is, means internal redundancy, and there's there's a, a premium to be, to be paid for that. Um, so inter- redundancy, as well as um, as well as an, uh, still an efficiency game at the, at the larger tonnages. So if you have multiple compressors on a single barrier bar- barrel, and one of the compressors goes down, how does that? How does it? How does the system work? Uh, the, the system keeps on going. Uh, if a compressor fails, um, it, the the other compressors. Uh, if the, if if one compressor goes down that was running, uh, another compressor would come online to take its place. That compressor can then be isolated, refrigerant, uh, refrigerantly isolated, and electrically isolated, and be removed while the com- while the chiller is still in operation. So the chiller does not have to see downtime when a compressor has a failure. Excellent. Excellent. Um, now, what about the air-cooled chiller? I mean, as far as cost comparison goes, well, we find actually a larger gap in the air-cooled chillers, um, but we also find a larger gap in efficiencies. Um, what ends up happening is because there's no oil in our air-cooled systems, our centrifugal compressors on the air-cooled can ramp down to a very low pressure ratio. This allows the compressor to drop very little, very little power, coupled with the fans that. Uh, draw very little power. F- affinity laws and the fan laws state that uh, power is the cube root of the of the speed. Uh, the 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 mix of that leads to extremely low efficiencies at lower lows and lower ambience. This makes the average efficiency of the air cooled chillers much better than the competition that has oil in the system and needs to keep these head pressures elevated and pressure ratios high and it is isn't able to take advantage of of lower ambience. 
Excellent. So what, essentially what we're saying is as far as the, the cost goes, it really depends on the application and the size selection based on the more typical models. So that you could find a sweet spot where the smart chiller would be you know, right in line with, uh, with, with an existing product or could even be better and more cost effective and uh, even possibly, uh, um, depending on the requirements of the project, uh, be a better fit for what you have. Uh, yes, and, it, and it's really, that, that's really dependent on, on the, up, the, up, the, the type of buyer. Um, we, find, we find that building owners that are looking to, to switch over buildings quickly uh, typically don't want to spend uh, extra money on the efficiency of the chiller. However, they could turn it around and use it as a, uh, a selling advantage and increase the price of the building, knowing that the electricity cost for the year will be lower. Um, and also, uh, yeah, that delta, the, the delta in efficiency of the air-cooled, it, it's, it's substantial. They, it's, easy, it's pretty easy to state that uh, a 50% energy reduction is seen in the air-cooled chillers compared to not just an existing air-cooled, but a, the next... Um, a competing model's highest efficiency chiller that's new on the market. Mm -hmm. Now, is 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 Smart only involved in uh, uh, new chiller applications, or do you get into retrofit applications? No, actually, um, Smart has a retrofit division called Smart Retrofit Solutions, and we supply contractors throughout the United States with uh, compressors to do retrofits on existing chillers where the heat exchangers are still usable. Uh, we. You know, we we don't we don't uh, we don't we don't promote waste. So if there's you know positive heat exchanges that can be used, we, we do that, and that's uh, that that's been up and running now for for about a year, and it's uh, it's, it's a very successful uh, very successful uh, business. Now, is there any uh, when you're doing a retrofit application? I don't know if you if you're if you're familiar at all with it, but it, as far as the uh, good candidates, I mean, is there is there a good candidate and a bad candidate? I mean, oh, there absolutely is. The, because what you have to look at is, the, I mean, it's a price premium almost every time to, to, to use a, a turbo core compressor. But for that price premium, you're getting, uh, you're not getting a, a one or two year solution. You're getting a twenty to thirty year solution. And typically, that solution uh, is uh, the the um, uh, the expiration of that solution is based on the weakest component. The compressor in every situation will not be the first component that will that will fail. Um, therefore, if you if you're doing a retrofit on old heat exchangers, if those heat exchangers are going to fail in three years, then there's n then there's no point in putting a 30 year uh, solution on a on a two year problem. So now, I guess where are uh, the uh, smart chillers commercially available? Uh, well, we we actually have a representative network throughout the United States, um, and. We're we're in every major market. We're competing in, in you know on, on every. We're competing all over. We we consider ourselves the fifth largest chiller manufacturer in the world, and uh, the largest turbo core uh, compressor chiller manufacturer in the world. Um, it, it's it, uh, con, con, most consulting engineers at this point have heard of us and have our catalogs and use our equipment when when appropriate. Well, I appreciate your time, Jeremy. All right. Well, I'd just like to thank Jeremy for taking time out of his busy schedule there on the expo floor to take uh, the opportunity to talk with us 
Um, in in retrospect, you know, I, I really I really thought it would be a great idea to be next to the uh, the smart chiller while I did this interview. I don't know if it turned out as well as I thought it would. I mean, it's it's amazing that we can stand that close to one of those smart chillers and not really have anything, you know, extraordinarily annoying. But I mean, to be that close to a piece of mechanical equipment and not have, I mean. Really, standard chillers. If you if you haven't been around them, they they really scream. I mean, we could not have done that with an ordinary uh, uh, product uh, like a centrifugal screw chiller or uh, a centrifugal chiller or a screw chiller. I just combined chillers there for a second there. Um, but uh, it, it, it is that quiet that we can actually have a conversation. Um, however, the downside is there was still that whine that I, I guess if, I, if you're listening to this uh, in a pair of earphones, then then I apologize. Um, I, I think in retrospect, it probably wasn't the best thing to do. Maybe just to to kind of have that uh, the, to go up close for a couple of seconds probably would have been plenty to kind of prove the point home, as opposed to standing there during the entire interview and talking with Jeremy there. So, well, that pretty much does it for this week. I appreciate all of you listening. Uh, if you like the show, uh, why don't you uh, you know let your friends know, share the link, uh, tell them about HVAC three hundred and sixty. Uh, if you would, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at BuildingX. Or if you just want to drop me a line, have a show suggestion or a comment, uh, you can either do it on my blog at BuildingX.co or send me an email at Matt at BuildingX.co. So, until next time, remember, know what you build and share what you know.